Less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Thank you for joining us today. I'm once again in uh, Texas, not at my usual setup. So um, there's a baby monitor over this shoulder because my brother just had a baby, um, a crib behind me. So it's a little bit of a different setup this week. So apologies for that. Um, But let's talk about the Great Create like we've been doing for the past month and a half. This event is going to be pretty fantastic. Um, It is technically the Libertarian Party of Georgia's convention for 2023. However, we're taking a different approach this time. And the first two days of the convention are what we call a DIY Freedom Festival. Um, It's down uh, in Perry, Georgia um, from May 12th to the 14th. You can get tickets for 42 bucks for the weekend. and children 16 and under uh, get in for free. Um, basically what it is, is we're bringing in a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of booths and demonstrations uh, for you to visit, uh, attend all sorts of different things for you to be able to learn some self-sufficiency skills, tools, um, all sorts of stuff. So we've got um, a few speakers as well. Mr. Reed Coverdale, Shane Hazel, Edgar Mills, and John Mons will be speaking. Um, Edgar Mills, he's actually been on the Free Georgia podcast. Actually, so has Shane Hazel. Um, They've both been on this podcast before. Um, Great interviews if you want to go back and watch those. Uh, We've got people like Dave Miller, who was just on the podcast this past week talking about uh, his company, Frontline Medical Defense, and how to be better prepared. In his words, um, be an asset, not a liability which I loved. Um, Kristen Hammock also came on uh, the podcast a couple weeks ago to talk about her goat and dairy farm um, or her goat dairy farm and cheese making, um, which was fantastic. And we'll have a few of these other folks on in the coming weeks. But today we've got this fella, Mr. Mac Carter. Let's bring him on to the stream. Mac, thanks for joining the show. It's lunch. Slancha. I love it. No one else knows that term or how to pronounce it. If somebody saw it spelled out, no one would have any idea how to actually say it. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, Mac, what do you do and why are you coming to the Great Create? That's an excellent question. Um, <laughs> I don't do a lot of anything worthwhile, but uh, I accidentally started telling a joke or two and Elizabeth found out about it. I love it. Um, just uh, just as a hobby, you know, not mm-hmm. a professional comedian, but um, I've done some stand-ups uh, in my time and, uh, yeah, made the mistake in the past of uh, mentioning it to Elizabeth over uh, a meal out at a Waffle House because that's her stomping ground and where she likes to socialize. And uh, it came back to bite me um, many months down the road. <laughs> when she sent me a message asking about uh so this comedy business what's up with that and uh little did i know she was setting me up yeah not she for does, failure she does that no she does that she very, did, she very did. easily she's very sweet about it but she's setting you up man <laughs> she did 
So it was strange. So, um, okay. Well, I'll give you some backstory. Sweet. Uh, in a different lifetime, I was uh, a jet engine mechanic in the Air Force. And uh, I was stationed uh, at Barksdale Air Force Base in Bossier City. That's next to Shreveport, Louisiana. I used they to had play a- Bossier City in high school in basketball. Get out. Yeah. That's and, crazy. And basketball man over here. So uh, <laughs> how were they? Uh, they beat. We were a small private school. They beat us pretty heavily each time, but we I wanted like to get better. That, but we were a small private school. You had to. You had to ease me into the failure. Yes, I, uh, I have a story for you in a similar vein to that. Remind me about private school uh, later. Okay, I'll regale you with some uh, <laughs> some missteps from my youth. Um, so while stationed at uh, Barksdale, I. Uh, they, it was very very similar to home. Okay, so I'm from the Columbus, Georgia area. My grandfather uh, did the World War II thing and was stationed at Fort Benning uh, multiple times throughout his career and retired there. So uh, my life kind of centered around the Columbus, Georgia area, hmm. right? That's, uh, that's the city that Fort Benning, soon to be Fort Moore, is cut out of. Um, much like... Columbus and Phoenix City, Alabama. Um, they're two cities right next to each other, divided just by a river. Um, Columbus is located in the small of Georgia's back, if you're looking at the state. Um, being stationed at Barksdale was much like home because there was the military base in, in Bossier, but then right across the river was Shreveport. And uh, it, was, it was a little flipped. While Phoenix City is a little podunk and hood here and Columbus is larger, uh, there, Bossier was kind of podunk and Shreveport was larger because the way the laws are there, they can do gambling. Um, but the, the casinos have to be not on land, but on water. So they have like massive fake river boats there that are actual giant casinos, like massive casinos. And, uh, you know, sin generates great profit. So it would bring in, the casinos would bring in tons of uh, um, A-list acts, talent, whatever, you know, real, like popular bands, comedians, whatever. Um, and because of that, the economy uh, grew up, not, not necessarily the military, but the casinos. Um, the economy there grew up to the point where they had, Um, They called it the Louisiana Boardwalk, kind of right on the river. It was like a a strip mall, if you will, but it had like nice stores, like they had a Bass Pro Shop and uh, all kinds of stuff. Well, they had a name brand comedy club. Uh, They had a funny bone. I don't think it exists anymore. I'm old. I'm dating myself. (laughs) But uh, I love comedy. I love stand-up comedy. I grew up um, kind of wanting to be a comedic actor or uh, like a, uh, a sketch comic, like being on SNL was mm-hmm. one of my dreams as a kid, right? Love it. Um, so I would spend just tons of time uh, at the comedy club, you know, watching um, the comics and uh, they fucked around and they held an open mic and your boy caught the bug. <laughs> I, uh, I would have won, but there was a foreign dude doing the foreign shtick, which people eat up with a spoon. And, and he was good. He was really good as well. But uh, there was no competing with that. Um, but I got my laughs. 
and uh, I have yet to bomb. I'll probably bomb at the Great Create, but that's okay because every comic needs to because that's how you grow. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. I caught the bug, and uh, it's it's like an addiction. Once you've been on the stage doing stand-up and you get those laughs, it is legitimately like an addiction. You crave more. And uh, I've done only open mics now. I've done a handful since then. Uh, here in the Columbus area, um, we have uh, our, our own version of an open mic venue. It's called No Shame Theater. I think there are multiple No Shames uh, around the country. But, you know, the oldest... Geez, I don't know the actual tag. The theater nerds would kill me to hear that. Um, but like one of the oldest theaters in, it is the oldest in the state. It may be damn near the oldest in the South, if not the nation that's like continuously operating mm. is the Springer Opera House in Columbus. And uh, uh, nestled inside the Springer under, under its uh, wing, is uh, the No Shame Theater. It's like on Friday nights uh, at like, I don't know, like 11 to midnight or some some crap. And you gotcha. all, all kinds of acts. You, you sign up when you go in uh, to do whatever. And uh, while there may be musical acts and whatnot, uh, a big portion of it is sketch comedy or stand-up. And, and that's kind of my, uh, my testing ground for comedy. Although it's the audience is often mostly comprised of the uh, young theater nerds from the college and you know, they skew heavily liberal. <laughs> so I figure the set I'm working on can actually uh, not bomb with them. You know, I'll be doing all right when I finally get to our crowd. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good crowd to, to, <laughs> to, I guess, hone your skills because if, if they don't like something, they're really going to let you know about it. I bear no malice in my heart, you know, towards any group, um, except for uh, gingers. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, that's not true at all. My heart goes out to gingers. They're, they're getting, uh, they're getting retconned from all media now, you know, towards the woke movement. Gingers are the first to get uh, like um, gender flipped or, or race swapped. I'm finding <laughs> out. Isn't that crazy? Like they're already like the minorest of minority. Yeah. And, and, and the ginge is the group that's been targeted to like get swapped the most blew me away when I found that out. I only just learned that like last week. Interesting. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's almost like the L the G and the LBGT stands for ginger. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Damn. That's cold blooded. Um, well, man, that's very interesting. So you started out in a small town, like doing comedy in a small town in, in, near Louisiana. Like what, what was it like? What, like, what were those crowds like compared to the crowds where you are now? Well, um, I only did comedy in Shreveport like a couple times before I got orders out of there to England. Mm. Uh, most of my experience has been here in the Columbus area and enough time has passed now that I don't even vividly remember, um, exactly what my time performing in Shreveport was like. Um, I've never performed sober yet. Um, so, you know, had a, had a few shots of the whiskey before going on each time. Um, what I, what I do remember is the, the audience was well split male to female black to white. So 
you know, if, if you're, if you're pulling the general audience and it's not skewed towards any one demographic, you're doing okay. Um, some comics will have material like prepared for targeted audiences. I don't really, um, shit. A lot of what, uh, I'm going to be performing uh, at the great crate is going to be based on my, uh, my failed dating experience because, uh, perfect. A lot of material there, brother, man, <laughs> a lot of material. Let me tell you. Well, that was going to be my next question. Um, like aside from your failed dating life, what, uh, what, where else do you draw your material from? Man, there's this welts and welts <laughs> of material. Like you'd fill codexes with just that alone. Um, it, to a degree, what's going on like in the world at the time, just like, you know, headlines and news, mm -hmm. but, uh, uh, a lot of it is, is that uh, relationship. Like I'm currently single, so it would be like the dating scene, mm -hmm. but in the past it's been, you know, whatever relationship I'm in at the time, which let me tell you, your partners love that when you do that. They like, even when you change the names to protect the innocent, I say innocent, let's, let's be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they hate that. That's, that's ended a, at least one relationship, if not multiple. Yeah. I can imagine that that wouldn't go over too well, especially if it was a surprise for them. Like I know that, uh, I just watched, uh, Nate Bargatze's special on Amazon mm. and he had to get permission from his wife to say one of his jokes about what happened at, you know, some relationship thing happened with them and he had to get permission from her and she granted it. So he was able to tell it, which was great. But I, I've definitely heard of people being not happy with their spouses for bringing stuff up on stage. Nate's a funny dude. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. It's a good special. It's a good special. He's a, he's a different kind of comic, man. Like he's, he's one of those like similar to like Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan and that he's like super clean, like will not swear ever period it's very interesting keeps everything uh, like crazy clean like it's very like uh family friendly um but very profitable yeah and that's he a smart kills man it. he kills it and like his whole look like is perfect for that too like he he just looks like uh, i don't know you're gonna uh, insult the man like that mr clean <laughs> mr squeaky <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> um it's interesting man i've i've there, there's been parts of me that have wanted to do stand-up comedy before, or at least like make a run at it and do like one set just to see how terrible it is. And I how strongly encourage you. If you man, have even the inkling, man, hit that hoe. Man, that is so worth it. I, I, I just hate getting up on stage. I hate being in front of people. Like this is the closest that I can be to somebody without like sweating profusely. Like you and me, a thousand miles apart at this point. <laughs> I, I can dig it. it and and I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I told you in my childhood, uh, I had aspirations of like being an actor. Hell, my first couple semesters in college were as a theater major. Wish I hadn't have just said that right now, but it's the truth. Um, I gave that up once I realized, oh, oh, no, wait. You have to trade your privacy and freedom mm. if you're really going to make a go at this and whatnot. Right. I love comedy i love stand-up but i don't want to ever go pro and get huge like i would do like uh the circuit 
mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want to become an A-lister mm. and get really popular to where, you know, like average cats would recognize you on the street. I would be very right. happy to like land comedy writing gigs out of this here thing. Oh yeah. Because then you can like, you know, ex- excise those demons and still maintain some privacy and possibly get paid for your trouble. Yeah. And writing is always a longer career than, than like being the center of attention because that only lasts so long with most people, you know? Right so like being behind the scenes, you, you can have a much longer career. Like there are so many actors and um, comedic actors that transition to like directing because, you know, they've had their time in the spotlight. People don't think they're that funny anymore. And then they move on to writing. So well, other than the not funny anymore <laughs> part, that sounds like bliss to me, brother. <laughs> Interesting, man. That that's such a different road uh, that you ended up on from wanting to be on SNL. Like, Let me tell what? you. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. So, um, the reason that the SNL, uh, let's see. Let me make sure I'm not glossing over anybody. So I changed majors. So I'm okay. I'm old. I'm actually older than I look. Not that I look particularly young now. Now that I see myself starting to. <laughs> starting to weather it's a bad camera don't worry about but that. uh yeah preach <laughs> preach um back in the ye olden days of like 2000 2001 whatever it was um i learned quickly that the theater department at my university wanted my free time outside of you know classes mm. and and like production rehearsal or whatever, but they were like trying to require X amount of hours per week in the scene shop, you know, like working on props, building sets, painting crap. And like, it was like tallying up and the credits you got for it were like minuscule, like not even one whole credit. You get like (laughs) 0.25% of a credit for all your free time. And I may or may not have gotten snagged by a college fraternity during that time. So you had like drums and booze for females, or you had uh, the scene shop trying to take all my time. And I was like, hold on now. I'm not here on an athletic scholarship. You some bitches aren't about to get all my free time too. You said, women, (laughs) substances. I mean, The theater nerds sweating it out in the scene shop yeah. after dark. Yeah. Manual labor. So, <laughs> mm, I, you know, the manual labor part, uh, that wasn't the issue. It was it was the soaking up of my free time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had not realized that. See, prior to, I had enjoyed um, being in one-act plays all throughout high school. Nice. You know, I, I did that pretty much every year. It was available and enjoyed it. And uh, And prior to that, uh, you know, I was raised in the church and had like did the uh, religious mm-hmm. uh, skits and whatnot. But I had not calculated on the theater department trying to take my free time. And also in retrospect, if you like acting in theater, you don't need a theater degree to do it. I just didn't know what I wanted to do that was available at the small town university that I was going to, Mm -hmm. you know? And in retrospect, I only know one cat that 
was in the program with me then who is currently in the industry and working and he didn't graduate with a theater degree i'm pretty sure <laughs> so he's, he's a testament and i always tell like anybody who's asking me about like film and tv and making movies and screenwriting and they're saying like what like i get a lot of parents that come to me and ask like like my kid wants to be a film like do film like you know cinematographer director writer whatever and they say like which what, what like what college do you think they should go to I'm like you don't need to go to college for this like mm. you don't you don't need to spend i mean a good like private school film degree is going to be like 30 grand 60 grand 100 grand like you don't need you absolutely do not need to go to a to school with to get a degree in something um, that you can learn from a few videos on YouTube and applying to be a PA on a set in, in Atlanta. Like cool. it's just not that hard. Um, and creative people don't like school anyway. Like I freaking hated school. Uh, so I, I, I advise people as much as possible to not go to college for anything creative, like creative based. <laughs> Whatever you do, uh, don't go to school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, oh. Jokes it's, aside, that's becoming good advice, actually, present day. Present day, it's great advice. I mean, YouTube University is amazing. Like, just go to YouTube University, man. Or I guess, uh, we'll, 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 I don't know. There's got to be a, a good little slogan for like Odyssey or Rumble now, since YouTube is starting to censor a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> hey, I just, I just read a, a headline, and yeah, I could be talking out my ass right now, so correct me if I'm wrong if you know. Um, I just read that... Uh, the movie, which I'd only just purchased and watched a couple weeks back, uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, mm -hmm. that uh, their, like, uh, their production crew won an award for like cinematography, and like they were a, a ragtag group that learned all of their craft from watching YouTube videos on editing. And wow. I don't know if that's true now. That could be total bollocks. I don't either. I've not seen a single Oscar-nominated movie this year. <laughs> it sounded cool. Oh, that movie was really good, by the way, man. I heard. My wife saw it. She said it was great. It's in my top 20 now. That's heavy because yeah, okay. I love film. Okay. Yeah, it was it was very creative, dude. Interesting. I just I have I have issues with Jamie Lee Curtis, so that drives me nuts that she's funny in you it. Say that. That's funny <laughs> you say that. I wasn't sure it was her when uh, she first popped on the screen, and. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel you, man. I, I feel what you're saying, but it was very, it was a very creative movie. I was impressed. I okay. was impressed. You know, the super creative joints like uh, an inception, a, a matrix, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they stick with you. They're special. Yeah. This, yeah. this was one of those. Plus, I mean, matrix applies so well to the libertarian world. So My it's God, man, <laughs> it's nice to be able to see something reflective of that. Truly. Um, well, let's talk about the great create. What are you going to be doing while you're there? Uh, probably drinking beer. Like that. Um, and, uh, um, okay. Okay. Straight up. There isn't much going on at the great create that I'm not interested in being balls deep in. Okay. okay. I mean, it is very relevant to my interests. I, uh, I'm someone, uh, let me not sound like too much of a, a crazy person here, but um, I have my suspicions about the future and the way things are headed and uh, self-sufficiency. And uh, mm. yeah, 
that is, those are wise moves. So the homesteading, mm-hmm. um, like really, like let's let's emphasize the homesteading, the preparedness, the um, self protection, the shit, <laughs> the brewing, the hey, I I happen to hear there's there's something going on about some van conversions <laughs> for those that is very relevant to my interest. Yeah, I uh, I uh, am a property owner. I own a few acres of woodland and uh, was debating, you know, what I'm going to do when I get out on it like first. And mm-hmm. Vanarchy might be right up my alley in terms of like uh, making my dollar go as far as it possibly can, you know, okay. for that initial stage getting out there uh, because I have no idea what I want to build yet. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, uh, he was, Mac is talking about my business, one of my businesses, which is Vanarchy, where we convert uh, convert vans, buses, cars into tiny homes for folks, um, basically, so people can be very mobile um, and have their house with them. It's, it's a pretty great way to live. We have one. We're currently renovating it. Um, we'll bring, we're bringing it to the Great Create. It's going to be pretty fantastic van. <laughs> like, you, you, we're, our, our motto is uh, overkill is underrated. Um, so we, uh, we really go for it when it comes to like how much power this thing has and like, you know, the, the visual aspects and the plumbing and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's overkill. It's, it's awesome. Hey, finish plugging that thing. Is there, is there a YouTube for the company, a website? Not yet. We're getting a few more builds. Um, we didn't film everything for the past few years. So we're getting a few more builds under our belt while filming extensively before we put up a website um in youtube that way people don't go there and see one van repeatedly mm. for you know Fair. so that'll come out uh in the next year or two we're working with a guy who uh, wants to have a mobile barber shop so we're going to put two two like old school 700 pound barber chairs in his in his van and he's going to have like you know the nice white white and gold uh tile all on the floor and the walls like nice sinks mirrors all that kind of stuff so it should be that pretty dude fun. is a wise man and yeah and is going to be filthy stinking rich soon he's good too he he's i mean my beard's a little crazy right now but whenever i get a beard trim he he does that too <laughs> haircuts by delivery i'm here for it bro yeah, I like that a lot. Oh, straight razor sh- shave too, man. Straight Genius. razor shave that head is so, oh my gosh, it's amazing. All day. Yeah. Um, let's see. So you're obviously going to be performing at the Great Create. Is that correct? I, uh, I'm i down for it. You know, if I if I don't burn all my bridges before we get there, <laughs> I'm definitely open to it. I'm preparing a, a set. It's hard to burn a bridge with Elizabeth Melton. Let's be real. She's awesome. Know. I, I mean, I guess you can try if you want to. <laughs> so my ADD got the best of me. Um, let's see. So yeah, I mentioned Inception before. I'm all I'm all kinds of deep stories within stories within stories that I'll trail off and never finish. I'll just forget. So uh, Elizabeth Waffle House. So many of my stories uh, go back and begin with Elizabeth. Waffle House. So I, I don't know if she ever tries meeting you at Waffle House, but that's always her go-to whenever she's trying to talk to me. So um, I uh, I may or may not in the past have been a giant hermit and uh, no good to anyone um, because I was overly paranoid about going out and about uh, 
maybe because of activities I've been up to, you know, never wanting anyone to know my business mm. or uh, smell plant life on my threads. <laughs> but I uh, got past that. Um, I had uh, I learned not too long ago in the in the uh, in the past that it can actually impact uh, fertility to a degree. Uh, for men. And uh, I'm someone who doesn't have kids yet and uh, might like to have some in the future. So I was like, hey, hmm, let's put the brakes on this. You know, might have some uh, responsibilities to handle and uh, don't want to come up short on that due to <laughs> reasons I could have prevented. Yeah. So put the brakes on that. And uh, suddenly I'm no longer overly paranoid about going out and folks know my business. And I'm like, Elizabeth put me in coach. I was being a, you know, a, uh, a missing in action piece of shit for reasons that are now no longer an issue. And, uh, so she's like, Hey, Waffle House. Hey. So I met, I met Elizabeth Waffle House and, and she was trying to get a feel for, um, uh, my strengths and weaknesses and what I could bring to the table, you know, in terms of benefiting the party. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Yeah, it kind of it kind of got to the, the the same story I told you about being a, a theater major and yeah. uh, acting and and comedy and she remembered she remembered God years later yeah she remembered that I commented offhandedly one time <laughs> that I did some stand up comedy and uh, yeah she reached out about uh you know what's up with the stand-up comedy business and so so when when we had got on the topic of comedy and benefiting the party through that way mm -hmm. she was like oh someone's already doing that have you heard of daywalker and i hadn't and she sent me the link and I watched it and, and I, I was very impressed. And, uh, and then I'd forgotten about it. And then th this may or may not have been before I was out of my hermit shell. Right. <laughs> um, and then some months passed and she sent me a link about some, uh, Oh, Hey, Daywalker is going to be on uh, Liberty libations. <laughs> and so I tuned in and y'all had just started. Like it, I maybe had missed five minutes of the stream. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I pulled up the channel and I watched some more of her stuff. And I was like, holy shit, this is exactly what's up. Yeah. Um, it's like exactly what we need mm -hmm. because no one gives a shit about yeah. you telling them some fact, you know, politically. They don't yeah. give a shit. That's not real to them. That's in one ear and out the other. But entertaining them while talking about some facts or hitting upon uh, some issues, calling out some fallacies, that'll resonate with people. That'll stick with them. That's the way to win hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. And that motherfucker's doing it. And uh, yeah, huge fan, totally enamored with her. Um, yeah, she's I, great. Uh, Y'all gotta get y'all gotta make some sketches together. Uh, you know, fun. I'd love to, but the restraining order is probably gonna prevent <laughs> that from happening. Um, but uh 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna proceed with the stand up for sure. Um, but but see, okay, so here's the difference. Um, while I I love sketch comedy and I'm open to it, I am not uh, someone who has professional acting in his resume, mm. and uh, I am not currently equipped to begin hitting the ground running doing mm. sketches like that. Right. Although, uh, again, I'm enamored with it because that is tremendously uh, beneficial for the movement and uh, unplugging motherfuckers from the matrix. Yeah. But uh, the stand-up is what I have to work with for now, but it's a different animal in that, you know, it's a one and done. It's uh, in front of the live crowd. You're feeding right. off that energy. You're literally living and dying by that joke landing right then live in the moment. Right. So, I mean, and, and, and yeah, you can, you can record it and like, and post it, but it's not the same thing. No. Um, but the sketch comedy. Okay. So here's the thing. Oh God. How nerdy am I going to get with you right now? I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much I want people to know about my true nerdisms. Um, okay. So shit, let's do it. <laughs> I'm on Guinness number two. So Myers Briggs, right? MBTI personality yep. tests and whatnot. There are certain personality types that are predisposed to being libertarian in my humble opinion. Um, and they're like the NTs and the NJs and uh, the, the, the fuckers that are cursed to be in their own heads and thinking. Mm. about things the critical thinkers they are in my uh, in my opinion okay this is my running theory and no one's proven me wrong yet so <laughs> um and i've 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 been asking and and you know i'm 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 decently perceptive mm -hmm. it has been my experience that those types swell our ranks more than others mm. And, and there's additional correlation here because, you know, we're the minority party, right? Like we're the third largest political party in the U.S., but we're a distant fucking third, right? Yeah. And so in the party, those personality types, I believe, make up the brunt of our membership. Not all, not soul, okay? There are some cats that probably joined up because you know that's they went along with their boyfriend or whatever but <laughs> the the thinking cats are the ones that that are literally critically thinking about the issue about all sides of it and are like no no that's that's wrong that's a lie bullshit there mm. it, but the vast majority of folks aren't critical thinkers mm. they don't want to be experiencing any brain pain they want to be told what's up. They want to listen to their talking head, whether that be on the left or the right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's what that is. So I think a big a big hurdle we have to get through is how to best reach those people. Because so so if my theory is correct, and no one's proven me wrong yet, that those types swell our ranks. We have our own lens. We're viewing everything through which is completely different again since these 
these same NTNNJ types are the minority in the greater scheme of Myers-Briggs. Like they're the extreme minority. Um, the vast majority are the feelers. So they're not viewing things through the same lens. You just mm. stating the fact, you know, saying the bullshit or whatever, that doesn't resonate with them. They don't care about that. They automatically assume since you're not with their tribe that you're lying because that's that's the quick and easy out for them. So how do you make them care? How do you get through to them? You fucking entertain them. Here we are now. Entertain us. Mm -hmm. That's I'm not trying to make this, you know, a uh, a, a, a daywalker kissing ass episode. But in, in and her channel isn't solely uh, reaching fuckers about liberty. We can cuss on this, right? Fuck. Heck yeah. It's, I'll just put an explicit label on it and we'll be good to go. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but she is doing that in part. And that's massive. Um, truly, because we need if we're going to gain further ground as as a political party, we need those votes of those other types. Mm -hmm. And they're not again, they don't have the same primary cognitive function as we do. So we have to we have to figure out the best ways to reach them. And I believe that one of the most efficient means of doing so is via entertainment. And my favorite form of entertainment is comedy. I like this. I like it a lot. And I think, I think you're right in that theory because I think like what the daily wire has done, um, you know, they grew their base starting out at like a news reporting and news analyst organization. And now they're making, kids cartoons they're making full-on movies they're making shows they're bringing on like celebrities who lean way like who are you know right um who they are ink the, the contract with my boy jordan b peterson i know which that is kinda, massive kind of nuts so yeah we, we need that's what we need to be doing stuff like that right yes on. yes exactly right yeah on. it's on my bookshelf back home um hit him with the heat <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, it's why, like, I've talked about this on this podcast and Liberty Elevations before. Like, we need to be making good content. Not, it's not just enough to make content. Like, there's plenty of libertarian content out there that no one listens to because it's garbage and it's boring, and people will click through that thing in an instant. Like, people's attention spans. I remember I used I I used to run a travel YouTube series on YouTube obviously travel YouTube series. Um, and like either somebody would watch it for the full length of the five minute video or someone would click through after about 35 seconds. Mm. And so it was one or the other. There was like, no, nobody's watching past 30 seconds unless they're going to watch the whole daggum thing. And so if you can't like get them in the first 30 seconds, say something good, have good production value, you know, have all these things, it's what we're trying to do with, with all these podcasts that we're starting to create and all that kind of stuff. So um, I completely agree with you that like entertainment and showing people uh, certain truths or certain ideas uh, through a lens that isn't confrontational and that is more humorous and inviting is a, is a pretty good way to get some change, some minds and hearts. You, uh, you mentioned confrontational. So, I, Hey, I'm, at, at no point did I say that I'm not confrontational. 
Well, sometimes that's it, necessary too. <laughs> my my stand up my stand up persona in the past has been that of an angry southern preacher. <laughs> that's how I come across. Dude, I'm looking forward to seeing you perform at the Great Create, and uh, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you. Mac, do you have anything? Uh, do you have like anything you want to promote before we sign off here? It's been about forty minutes. I think. Uh, I think it's forty minutes already. I think it's time to wrap it up, man. Oh wow! So I, I have hit the awkward stage. Um, it right. was awkward from the beginning, but I pushed through. Barely, barely. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was going to ask you uh, the in, inside the actor studio questions, but uh, if you want to avoid that, I'll, I'll. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll avoid that. We'll save that for Liberty Libations episode. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm gonna hold you to that, bro, because I've, I've I've printed it out. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't playing, and I gave you warning too. You've you did. Warning. Give, you, you did give me a warning, but unfortunately, oh, we've run you just out of time. Just want to ask me questions. Okay, gummit, fair enough, oh, man. Fair enough, bro. <laughs> well, Mac, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I really appreciate you hopping on with me. I know. I, uh, I have nothing to promote. Uh, if cats want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Matt Carter. Uh, awesome. My YouTube is also at Matt Carter, although there's not shit there yet. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it, bro. I did too. And as we were saying at the beginning of the show, you can come see Matt Carter. And oh yeah, we didn't even talk about Adam Nutter, who's showing it, showing up at the Great Creative. Yeah, I'm opening. I'm the opening act for Nutter. Heck He's yeah, deadline. Nutter's the man. He was on Liberty Libations a couple weeks ago, and that dude is freaking hysterical. I watched him perform in uh, Virginia um at at a mises function mises event man that dude's funny i'm looking forward to it heck yeah so make sure to get your tickets for the great create block out that weekend because it's going to be a darn good time um myself and mac will both be there along with a whole bunch of other fun loving and uh independent thinking people so come out and join us uh, may 12th through the 14th uh, down in Perry, Georgia. So that's it for now. Mac, again, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it, brother. My pleasure, bro. All right. We'll see y'all next time. Uh, make sure you tune in next week to Free Georgia Podcast. This Saturday, this Thursday night is Liberty Libations uh, with Cynthia McKinney. So it should be a pretty interesting show. Uh, we'll see you then.